0: Hello and welcome to The Rebind, a podcast about putting all the pages of the Bible back together. On today's short reflection, we'll talk about the unique perspective Ezekiel offers us as a prophet in the middle of the exile and what that might mean for our perspective in affluent cultures today. I'm sorry to say I can't offer a full-blown episode walking through Ezekiel's chapters this go-around. I've gotten by with enough standalone episodes recently that explore different topics related to Ezekiel and uh, some awesome interviews, but the truth of it is I'm having a hard time keeping up lately. Uh, I went from having no job to having um, a job as a solo pastor to now having three jobs, which you can imagine makes it hard to carve out time for intense study of difficult books like Ezekiel. But that said, my convictions about this all haven't wavered a bit. I still believe these neglected parts of the Bible have so much to offer, so much we need as Christians. So instead of quietly skipping an episode for another two weeks, I wanted to at least offer some more general reflections on the place of a book like Ezekiel in our lives as Christians. Something I think is often ignored when we come to the Bible with a bumper sticker mentality is the place that those books show up on the timeline, Uh, both the timeline of history, you know, 700 BC, 42 AD, whatever, but also the timeline on the plot line running through the scriptures. That history piece of this is something I think is often set aside in our devotional mindset as evangelical Christians. I mean, who wants to wake up with their morning pot of coffee and nice half-leather journaling Bible and start looking up the Jebusites or Greco-Roman politics? Like, we, we associate the history part of the Bible with background material. It might help you to have some cooler stage props for the main events, but who really cares, right? So the places that books of the Bible, our favorite passages and prophets, where they show up on the timeline of history and the plot line of the Bible— it doesn't really get factored in to our reflections very often. We make the words contextless. We abstract their ideas. But in reality, we're just importing our own plot line, our own timeline, culture, et cetera, onto the words on the page. Because you can't read a story or an argument or a prophecy without that. So when I was in an English class in high school, I was taught to use the soapstone method when studying any piece of literature, any writing really, and uh, soapstone stood for the factors that go into writing that all shape its meaning and purpose and argument. Um, so let's see if I can remember this: subject, occasion, audience, uh, or is it author, uh, purpose, uh, something, <laughs> style, uh, maybe, and and tone. The Um, The tone in stone is just a cheap way of sneaking that in there because soaps doesn't really help that much. So don't tell my English teacher from high school that I botched this, but the point is you, you have to think through the timeline. You have to think through the writer's personal experiences and perspectives, the audience, the occasion, all that to really be able to walk away with a clear thesis that's being communicated from anything. So you know, we talk about all these inductive Bible study methods in in church and online. Like there's some controversially conservative method for rigidly interpreting the Bible, or, or the hottest thing since sliced bread, or whatever. When in reality, it's just the way communication works, like everywhere in, in high school English class, uh, reading "Letter from a Birmingham Jail" or "1984" or anything. I'm already belaboring the point way long than I wanted to here. All, all that setup is just to say that the timeline, the plot line, piece of whole Bible reading, whole Bible way of life is not really our favorite. We go to the prophets like Ezekiel and we analyze the content of their messages and their prophecies, which is good, but we miss that soapstone piece of it. We miss the occasion, the purpose, the audience, the author, the setting. Maybe that was the other S, the, And all all that stuff, I, I think, I think we're very driven to see the unique themes in all the different books of the Bible, but I think we might miss like the unique setting, the unique audience occasion that really draws out what all the books are doing for us as well. So here's where I think that can help us with Ezekiel. Or rather, here's how I think seeing that in Ezekiel, because it's already there, contributes to our Christian perspective and witness in ways we'd otherwise be missing. More of what our shocking and overwhelming prophet contributes to what we need. So Ezekiel is one of the few prophets who actually delivers his message in the middle of the exile. Now, we sort of talked about that exile stuff toward the beginning of our investigation of Ezekiel. I'm not going to repeat that all here in a short reflection. You can go back and listen to the second episode of this podcast, First Impressions, to refresh on some of that. Basically, the exile was the time when the people of Israel were forced out of their promised homeland, living in enemy territory, a place that wasn't their home. In that period of time, that crisis was so huge such an important event that you can use that to organize the timeline of the whole bible there are prophets that preached before the exile warning about it there are prophets who preached after it encouraging the remnant but in terms of the prophets there's actually only a few that ministered during that crucial crisis or or at least have have that as their major soapstone right their background their setting and, well, really, the, the only other one than Ezekiel is Daniel. And Daniel is unique in his own kind of ways, too. He, the first half of Daniel is mostly narrative. The second half, mostly, like, apocalyptic. So Ezekiel is really the only traditional prophet, if we can call him that, within the exile, like, on that point on the map in the, in the timeline. Now the New Testament in places like 1 Peter especially draws on this history and heritage of exile to describe our lives as Christians. We are sojourners, foreigners, strangers, aliens dispersed in lands that aren't really our home yet. And I think there's something powerful about recognizing Ezekiel's role as the exile prophet. Ezekiel stands with us in the in-between, in the wandering away from home. But think about the challenges that God presented to his peers through him. Think think of why it is that the Lord deemed it necessary to shake them up, probe their inner thoughts, break down the barriers they put up, the assumptions they had. They were living in an illusion of permanence. They were living with this idea that even with, everything having gone so wrong, things can only get better. They they thought the exile can't get as bad as God's saying it's going to get because we are guaranteed all the heavenly blessings regardless. I mean, I don't know about you. I definitely struggle with that illusion of permanence. The idea that things aren't really that bad and, and things don't really need to get better. I definitely struggled to number my days, like the psalm talk about, to accept how short life is because of all that's wrong with life without Christ. And especially as I try to put down roots, make money, look for a house, all of it can, can easily give me the illusion of an ultimate home right here and now, permanence. But I think the uniqueness and importance of Ezekiel is really highlighted when we can hear his message, even today, as the prophet in the middle of the exile calling out to the others who are in it to come to terms with it, to come to terms with it on God's terms. So with that said, with that short reflection, here's just a few questions I think we can ask as we make our home in Ezekiel. I think these questions can help us see the message and the purpose and and let all that have its way with us. So first of all, if Ezekiel is addressing the exile— If he's in the middle of it, and prophesying to everyone else who is too, then why are these problems the ones that they're facing? Why does this need to be called out to an exile audience from an exile prophet? What is it about living as strangers and aliens that makes us act in this way or think this way? How can we see the similarities in how we live today? making comfortable homes in affluent countries, even while the world seems to be casually unraveling? What is it about being forced to wander away from our true home or feeling like we have nothing in this world we can actually rely on that causes the kinds of problems we see in Ezekiel? What is it that calls for the response we see God give? So just for example, why why do so many of Ezekiel's peers think of their hometown, Jerusalem, or their national identity in general, as untouchable, invincible. Well, maybe it's easier to look at the things right in front of us, even if it's not what we know to be what we ultimately need, and feel like it's more real and more permanent than what God has said will happen, what he's interpreted with what has happened. Maybe the clean and exciting feeling of shopping malls and consumerism Maybe the sheltered suburban protection from our basic wants and needs makes us feel like that's the norm. And so we're worn down from thinking about the ultimate destiny of those temporary things. We don't think about the true standards of God that he uses when he declares what's good and what's evil. And maybe on the other hand, we tighten our grip on our sense of invincibility as a coping mechanism. I mean, the people of Israel living in Babylon faced trauma comparable to the Holocaust, honestly. Slaughter, forced migration, loss of dignity, massive doubts, and difficulties. They weren't just overly comfortable. And the future God was warning about didn't seem overly encouraging either. But their desperation for encouragement and survival blinded them to the genuine kind of lasting hope that they needed beyond their immediate circumstances, even beyond their lifetimes. So now another question we could ask approaching Ezekiel is, what personal, spiritual community problems are these people facing because of the exile that have actually been answered in our Messiah? I think a lot of this aspect is easier to see when we get towards the end of the book and the rich promises that are drawn out for the future. But even in the dozen or so chapters we've explored so far with their probing judgments, think about the internal barriers. Think about the hard-heartedness that have been broken down by Christ when he gave us new life in his spirit. Think of the constant anxiety and uncertainty that these people were facing about being able to experience life as God's people, which still called for trust, but ultimately those things find some relief and assurance in the one new man that Christ has established, like Ephesians talks about. Think of the long game, larger vision that we've been gifted with that Ezekiel's contemporaries need to hear and rely on the right way. And think of that vision, which we have even richer details to grasp onto than they did. Whether you're coming to Ezekiel asking how your situation, waiting for Christ to come back, mirrors theirs, or whether you're going the more traditional Reformed route and thinking through the aspects of our relationship with Christ that Ezekiel's audience helps us to appreciate, either way, don't miss Ezekiel's place on the timeline. He as an exile prophet like Daniel offers us a flavor and a focus and a resonance that that hits in places and in ways that no other book of the Bible quite can. We need it. We are strangers and foreigners awaiting our home in the new heavens and new earth with our Lord. And just like that setting poses unique challenges and temptations for us today, Ezekiel is uniquely positioned to speak into all that. You don't have to go buy seven dictionaries on the history of Babylon and the ancient Near East. Although, hey, if we don't mind a good documentary on Disney+, Plus, why not give something like that a shot that we find engaging? But you don't have to, to, to have a more well-rounded whole Bible approach to your life. Just think about where we are in general in the plot line here with what we're reading. What challenges are the people facing at this time? Put yourself in their shoes. You might be surprised to find they fit pretty well to begin with. You might come back into our day with convictions and comforts we never would have otherwise had. So may God inspire you and empower you to encounter more of Him in His Word. May He inspire you and empower you to encounter more of His Word. And may He inspire you and empower you to encounter more of your world in His Word. Thank you.